Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah. I know it's three weeks into the new year, but every time um, I see somebody I haven't seen for a while, I'd say Happy New Year. And I'd like to welcome um, anyone here that's new. I see some family here, so it's great to have you guys here with us this morning. So speaking of the new year, um, the theme for the year for our church, as we just heard Pastor Bruce say, is enlarge. And like you said, around the Christmas time, that's what we do. We enlarge our waistline. I'll blame the new year, but it's not really. So... The theme for the month and the theme for the year is enlarge. The title, if you want a title, is bigger on the inside than the outside. Bigger on the inside than the outside. I know what you're thinking. I'm pretty big on the outside, but I'm also quite big on the inside. The main text for the theme is Isaiah 54.2. If you have a Bible, you can go there or you can... Look on the screens or you can just listen to me. Isaiah 54.2 reads, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord, before whew, the mighty, matchless, powerful name that is the name above all names, Father. We come before you in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for every heart, every individual, every family that is here this morning, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear that which you would have us receive from you, Father. I thank you for your word, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that dwells inside of us, Lord. I thank you for the resurrection power now that is within us to those that believe, Father. Thank you, Lord. Have your way this morning. I thank you, Lord. We love you so much, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Enlarge the place of your tent. God is a God of enlargement. God is a God of increase. God is a God that desires to see things enlarge in our lives to enlarge the capacity to love, to enlarge the capacity to give more, and to enlarge the capacity to serve. God is a God of increase. When I look at this, this passage, enlarge the place of your tent, I see that the most obvious thing in this passage is the tent. When you go to pitch a tent, you see the tent. The Bible here is talking about different elements to the tent. It's talking about the tent curtains. It's talking about the cords. And it's talking about the stakes. The smallest part of the tent is the stake. You don't really see the stake. The stakes that are attached to the the cords are then lengthened and then strengthened and then positioned in the ground. The stake is the part that is hidden, but the part that is hidden will sustain the tent. The part that is hidden will strengthen the tent. 
For example, if the tent can represent the vision or the plan and the purpose that God has for you, then the, the hidden part would be the spirit man that's inside of you. The stakes are often the hidden and unseen part of the tent. People come to the tent and they come to see the tent. They come to go inside the tent. Nobody comes to check out the stakes. You don't go to the circus and go, man, that's awesome, but I want to check out the stakes. Where's the other stake on the corner? I want to check out the stake. It's the stake that will sustain the tent. It's the hidden part that nobody sees that will sustain and strengthen the vision and the purpose that God has for you. The stakes determine how strong the tent will stand. Take away the stakes, the tent could be as beautiful, can be mighty, can be grand, but you remove the stakes and what happens? It all comes tumbling down. 1 Peter 3 and 3 to 4, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 to 4 reads, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Nothing wrong with that. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Again, unseen, which is very precious in the sight of God. God is an inside-out God. 1 Samuel 16.7 talks about, well, it mentions... um, that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God is always looking at the heart. We just finished the time of worship, not singing songs. It was about worship. When we're worshiping, God's not listening to the notes. You know, the Bible says make a joyful sound, but he's looking at our heart. When we give, God doesn't look at the amount. He looks at our heart. He's an inside-out God. The heart or the spirit is the hidden part. It's the stake within us that will sustain and strengthen anything that God has given to you. 2 Corinthians 4.18 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 reads, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on what is physical, not on what is outward, since what is seen is temporary. It's not going to last forever. But what is unseen is eternal. We come to this building, we lift our hands, we lift our hearts, we worship a God that we can't physically see. But we know in the heart of our hearts that he's there. Why? Because he's the unseen. We had a saying back in Auckland in the ministry that I was in that said, let the unseen, which is God, become the most seen in our lives especially in the part of our lives that is unseen. Very, talking about developing that godly in character, who you are when nobody's looking. So what is our hidden part? What is the unseen part of who we are? Now I'm going to ask my brother Dave, going to bring out some chairs. Thank you, Dave. Three chairs for Dave. Since he's given me three chairs. Sorry. No, no, it's a dry one. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. So we're talking about the hidden man. We're talking about enlarging the inner man. 
to strengthen that which God is going to do in and through us. Talking about being bigger on the inside than the outside. God, the God that we serve is a triune God. He's a three-part God. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's three-part. And we see that, we first see that in Genesis, in Genesis 1.26, when, he, when he's creating man. And he says, let us make man in our image. The word us and the word our, in a lot of translations, is in capital. Acknowledging the deity of who God is. Let us make man in our image. Who is God addressing? The angels? No, he's addressing himself in the plural sense. It's the word Elohim. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is three-part. We are created in God's image. God is a spirit, and God is love. So therefore, we are created to love. Since God is a spirit, we too are a spirit being. I have here, this, these chairs represent an individual. Just like God is triune, we too are triune. Tri meaning three, un meaning one, three and one. So we have the spirit here. We are a spirit, that's the inner man. We have a soul, which is the mind, the will and emotions. This is the part of us that enables us and gives us the right to make decisions And this part is obviously the body. This part here is the part that we connect with God. It's the unseen part. When we worship God, we worship from here. The Bible says those who worship in spirit and in truth, those are the children of God. This is the body. The body houses the soul and the spirit. We know this. This is very, very simple. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 18 says, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly, physically, we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, in the spirit man, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. James puts it this way. As the body is without the spirit, as the body without the spirit, sorry, is dead, so faith without works is dead. So since we are a spirit... If I was to remove this guy from here, would we be alive? No. We cannot destroy the spirit. We are a spirit being. When we die, when the blood stops pumping and oxygen stops flowing, the spirit goes to be somewhere. The spirit is an eternal being. Eternal being. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So we are a triune triune being, a three-part being. 
So what we feed the most will rain the most. Whatever we feed the most is going to rain the most. When I became a Christian, I grew up in a church and I agreed that everything about God, but I didn't believe it. So you agree in this realm and you believe in the spirit. I can agree, for example, I can agree to come to church, but if that's not outplayed in my body, then really I don't believe it. Because our belief is reflected in what we, what we do. What you feed the most will rain the most. God wants us to be led by the Spirit. By the Spirit. This is a, an example of me when I was the first, when I was a baby Christian a few years ago. This is the Spirit of God. I won't sit down because we're talking about enlarge, so I'll stand here. <laughs> so, the Spirit of God, because the voice of the Spirit is the conscience, the voice of the body is the feelings, and the voice of the soul is reason, logic. That's why people find it hard to understand the things of the Spirit, because the Bible says the natural man can't comprehend the things of the Spirit. So when I was first a Christian, I, had, I was born again, the Holy Spirit was in me. And the Holy Spirit says, Foe, I want you to pray. Pray. My soul is going, but I don't feel like it. I don't normally do it. My dad normally does that. <laughs> and my body is saying, whatever this guy says, I would do it. Because these two work very, very close. I start, I start a job, I go to work. I, I'm about to enter into the smoker room and there's gossip going on. The Spirit of God is saying to me, go and park your forklift outside. Go outside. The soul part of me is saying, yeah, but I kind of agree with them. I've got juicy information that I can add. The body is saying, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go. Don't worry about what that guy says. Whatever I feed the most is going to rain the most. You see, you can be a Christian for years and years and years and not feed your spirit. The Bible says to feed the spirit with the word and with prayer, to renew our minds. We've got to be careful that we don't grow old without growing up. Because God is calling us to enlarge. And we don't want to be Christians in nappies 20, 30 years down the track when God's got a high call on your life. God wants to enlarge the place of your tent. He wants to lengthen the cords and strengthen the hidden part of who you are. He wants to strengthen the stake because of what's at stake. It's the kingdom of God. It's people's eternity at stake. So, point one is... Enlarge to enlarge. Enlarge to enlarge. God wants to enlarge in the inside of who we are. You know, not to be small. We want to awaken the spiritual giant, so to speak, on the inside, on the inside of us. Growing up in the 80s, we watched a lot of TV. We watched a lot of sci-fi. We watched Star Trek. 
Space 1999, that's a pretty old one. The Tomorrow People, BBC. Um, Battlestar Galactica, I love that one. Um, Star Trek. What's, oh, that, that's in a different league. Star Wars is in a different league. That's, that's blasphemy, man. <laughs> But we also watched um, Doctor Who. My brother really liked Doctor Who. If you don't know who Doctor Who is, that was one of the first jokes that I learnt was, knock, knock, who's there? Doctor, Doctor Who, yeah. You know that one. But in Doctor Who, if you don't know who Doctor Who who is, if you don't know who Doctor Who is, he's a fictional character, he's a time lord that travels through the galaxies, that travels across different time dimensions, and he travels not in a spaceship, but he travels in a little box. And I have a video clip here that, uh, that we're going to watch. How do we stop it getting in? We're trapped in here. Nothing gets through these doors. But they're made of wood. They've got windows. Look, this is all mad, I know, but that's the girl I told you about. Heather? Only I don't think it's really her. No, this is hard to believe. I know you're not exactly a sci-fi person. Time and relative dimension in space. TARDIS, for short. It is very small outside. It's just in here it's big. The inside's bigger than the outside. Strike me pink. Is that the phone box? The bigger on the inside phone box. I can't believe it. You're essentially bigger inside I know. than it is on the outside. I know, I know. It's not possible. Much bigger on the inside. This isn't possible. That's what I thought at first. It's bigger inside than out. That's because the TARDIS is dimensionally transcendental. What's that mean? It means that it's bigger inside than out. Well, what do you think? <laughs> so big. When you drink a glass of Coke, it's only this big. But it's actually got this much sugar in it. Works better like that. What does? The TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside than the outside. Oh, it's too notice. It looks very small, Doctor. But unlike the TARDIS, it is very small. bigger inside than it is outside. Oh, the doctor told me that was because it was dimensionally transcendental. What does that mean? It means it was bigger inside than outside. Is it my imagination? Or is this taking longer than normal? Hang on. The room's still inside the box. This isn't a knock through. No. Doctor, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Hey, we got there. Well, first, you have to imagine a very big box fitting inside a very small box. Okay. Then, you have to make one. It's the second part people normally get stuck on. Can we shut up, please? Busy, busy. I need to know. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
you have to imagine a very big box fitting inside a very small box. That's just not reasonable. We can't fathom that in our soul. We can't understand that in the natural. Ecclesiastes 3.11 talks about there's a time for this, there's a time for that, there's a time for dying, there's a time for this. And then he goes on to say in verse, chapter 3, verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time, in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. See, God, as we know, is eternal. He's everlasting. The Bible says, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. We are his creation. We are created from that. The Bible says that the universe, the worlds were framed by the word of God. That we live in this physical realm. We live in the physical realm, but there is a realm so much bigger, so much bigger. And I like what the Doctor Who says about the TARDIS, which is that box. He says the TARDIS stands for time and relevant dimension and space. But I want to say that it stands for transformation and righteousness dwelling in spirit. When you come to Christ, when you make a decision, because God gives us enough faith to believe, believing happens here. There's believement and there's agreement. Totally different things. There's mental assent. Yes, I agree there is God. I agree there is something out there, but I don't believe. Believing is something entirely different. When the Spirit of God comes into our spirit and causes us to be born again, we receive transformation and his righteousness and it dwells in our spirit. That's the true Tardis. Transcends all time because he is an eternal being. We are a created being. We only exist from a point of beginning and end. That's why it's very difficult to explain to people within reason who made God. Well, then who made God? Well, then who made God? Because we are finite beings. God has put the infinite in the finite. He's put the larger box in the smaller box. Born again, it's called. Being spirit-filled. The Christ in us, the hope of glory. Ephesians 3.16 is Paul. He, that he prays that you... That you will be strengthened on the inside with might by the Holy Spirit. That's the stake that would determine and strengthen the vision and the purpose and the calling that he has for each of us. It's the hidden part of who we are, the real you. It's the real you, not on the outside, but on the inside. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we, could, than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is working within us, within us, within the Tartars. So how do we enlarge our inner being? How do we enlarge our spirit? Well, I know we all know this by simply prayer, by word, by fellowship, by worship, by believing, and by doing that which we believe. Because what we believe in our spirit 
will truly be seen in what we do. In what we do, not what we agree. What you do is what you believe. James put it this way. Show me your faith by your, by not, by, no, he says, I'll show you my faith by what I do. I show you my faith by what I do. People can see your faith by what we do. So Tardis is transformation and righteousness. The same righteousness that Jesus had when he walked on the earth is imputed. It's given to us when we receive Jesus. It enables us to be forgiven. When when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of his son within us. And based upon that and his grace, we are saved and forgiven. And God wants to enlarge our heart and our spirit. Psalms 190, sorry, Psalms 119 verse 32 says, I will run the course of your commandments. I will, sorry, I will run the course of your commandments for you shall enlarge in my heart. I will run the course of your commandments. I will run the course of your word. I will live my life in line with your word. I will align my life to that which you have for me. Running implies that there is plenty of space to run in. We read at the beginning that God is challenging us to enlarge our tent. When our tent or our vision is beginning to enlarge, he's going to enlarge our steps. He's going to provide space for us to run. When was the last time you ran in your house? When was the last time you could run in your bedroom? You can't because there's not enough space. If you think of the smallest room in your house, well, there's something else that would be running there. You can't run there. We need space to run. We need space to run. I will run the course of your commandments for you shall enlarge and my heart. We've got to feed our spirit with the word. When we do that, our heart begins to enlarge. And when it begins to enlarge, I will know who I am in Christ. And when I know who I am in Christ, I'll begin to take bold steps. Bold steps. And I'll begin to, to have confidence and begin to run. When you run, you need space. And when you're running, you're confident. When we are feeding our spirit with the word, we will become more confident in God and our small steps will slowly begin to become steps of running. Run the race that we've called to do. Run the race that God has graced us to do. You see, I got these shoes on. And now I didn't wake up late and just found these shoes. As you can see, one shoe that I'm wearing on my left is Converse. One shoe that I'm wearing on my right is Nike. Converse meaning talking. It's one thing just to know the word and to talk about the word, but it's another thing to just do it. (laughs) You can... And there's another thing to just do, just do, but you don't just do without first talking this way. And that way. Don't just do it without conversing. You've got to get your Converse and your Nikes on. When you've got that, you begin to walk out 
what he's called you to do. The steps of the righteous, that's you and Christ, are ordered of the Lord. He would direct your steps. A step is likened to a choice, a decision. Every step you make is a decision that you take. And every decision that you take, every step that you make, don't land that foot until you got the peace of God to land that step. If God is prompting you to make a decision to go somewhere, to whatever, and your, your foot is halfway up, don't complete that step until you have the peace of God ruling in your heart. Ruling in your heart. It's all about the heart. The love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Out of the heart flow the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. It's all about the inside. It's all about the inside because we are bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. Don't just do it without first conversing with him. It's prayer. And don't just make a decision without doing conversing this way. That's the cross, the vertical and the horizontal. The horizontal conversing is seeking wise counsel, getting good advice, and then do it. And when you put, you see, converse represents Romans ten seventeen. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing the word. So you hear the word, you talk about it. But James one twenty two, the way to remember that is James is the one to do. Says, don't merely listen to the word, but be doers of the word. So when you get your Converse and your Nike, what do you end up with? New Balance. That's what you get. Be a balanced Christian. Be a balanced Christian. Be balanced in your diet. Be balanced. Don't be so, as they say, don't be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, as they say. Keep your feet firmly planted. The stake is firmly planted into good soil. It's planted into good ground so that it can reinforce the vision or the tent that God is calling you to to put up. It's all about the inside. Psalms 18.36 says, Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet do not slip. God hath enlarged my feet beneath me. Another translation says that he has broadened the pathway beneath me, that I can walk solid. Hebrews 11, um, we know the scripture, Hebrews 11.1 is the description of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that you can't see. The word substance comes from the word hypostasis. And it just simply means solid. Solid. Faith is something solid. It's the kind of faith that Peter had when he walked on the water. His faith was so solid that the water almost became like tangible. It was a hypostasis kind of faith. The hypostasis faith is the sense of reality that when you walk on the word, you're not just walking on air. The word becomes solid and you can rest on the promises of the word. Just like the song we sang earlier, the promises that he has for us. 
encourage us to build our faith, build our spirit. Faith comes by hearing, but not hearing, but being a doer. And when we do that, we're walking a balanced life. And we are being enlarged on the inside. And that people will begin to see not me or you, but they'll be they'll beginning to see him in you, the hope of glory. May Christ be the most seen and the most heard in everything we do, say, and think. Greater is he that is in us. New wine has been poured in us. The Holy Spirit has been poured in us. So enlarge to enlarge. Number two. Number two of 20 points is... (laughs) So we need the TARDIS so I can travel through the points and the time could still be one minute. (laughs) Number two is minimize to maximize. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, everything that slows us down, everything and the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with perseverance. Again, it's about running. It's Again, to minimize, to maximize is to declutter the things in our lives that are hindering us, that are slowing us down. Because when you're running, you don't want to be hindered. First, you want to be fit, but you also don't want to be hindered. You don't want to be slowed down. Making decisions that will see our lives become more fruitful. What are the things that you have to do? I have things in my life that need to declutter. I need to minimize certain things in order to maximize what God has for me. Learning to say no to certain things. Be more wise in our stewardship. Pruning is a way that he minimizes us to get them to maximize the potential in us. It's kind of like a stripping down for equipping. So allowing God to do some shifting and some sifting that he can bring a lifting that can maximize his gifting in and through you. So there's a stripping and equipping because that's the minimize to maximize. Because he wants to take things that are not of him to reveal who he is in us. Because he wants to shift some things. He wants to sift some things out of us that don't belong there. Those are the things that so easily, easily, easily entangles. Because he wants to bring about a lifting of our spirit. And therefore that will maximize the giftings that God has in us. Again, that he can be the most seen, that people will see him, that we will become the signposts that will point to him. Number three is decrease to increase. We know in John 3.30, John's talking, he says, he must increase that I must decrease. Luke 9.23 And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's a simple formula of discipleship, is to deny self, take up the cross daily, count the cost daily. And then he says, follow me, follow me. James 4.10 Talking about decrease to increase, 
the Bible is packed with different paradoxes. For example, to get is to give. To go up is to go down. To be exalted is to humble ourselves. It doesn't make sense in the natural. It doesn't make sense because this is reason. But it makes all the sense here in the spirit. Decrease that he may increase in us. Humble ourselves. It's not God's job to humble ourselves. We wouldn't like him to humble us. It's our role to humble ourselves. As it is our role to renew our minds. The Bible says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. God gives more grace to the humble. Gives more grace to the humble. I'd like to invite the team to come up. So this morning, we're talking about enlarge. We're talking about God wanting to enlarge in the place of our tent. The capacity to give, to serve, and to love more. So that more of him will be reflected. We are created in his image. And we live in a society that we reflect images. And the true image that we should be reflecting is the image in which we are created in. And that's the image of God. And we do that by making room for him. Making room for him. Enlarging our spirit. Enlarging the inside. I have a camera, a Canon 600D. I don't know much about cameras, but my understanding is that the, the aperture is the part of the camera that allows light in and can shut light out. The heart is like that. The heart of every person that walks the earth is like that. It can either shut God out or can open up to him. Talking about enlarging, enlarging to enlarge. Minimize to maximize God. And decrease to increase. Romans 10 says that if we believe Jesus Christ, if we believe in our heart Jesus Christ and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, then the Bible says that we are saved. For it's with the heart that man believes. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I want to give an invitation right now. If there is anyone out here that has not received the Tardis of God, so to speak, then I want to invite you to think about your life, to, to locate where you are, to locate what am I feeding the most, my body, my mind, or my spirit.
And I want to, to invite you to consider Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If there is anyone here this morning that you would like to open up the aperture of your heart and allow the light of Jesus to come into your heart, then you can make that decision in your heart right this minute, right this minute. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth Jesus Christ and that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We will have eternity with him, with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I want to invite the church to join in with me as I pray. And if you're making that decision in your heart right now, I want you to pray this after me. Church, join me. Father God, we thank you for your salvation. We thank you for dying for our sins. Use me, Lord. Change me. Transform me. Make me new, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. In Jesus' name. You can look up. We have a, a number on the screen that will be coming up soon. Pastor Bruce was talking about the Yes text. And the Yes text is a great tool that we've been using for almost a year now. And a lot of people have made decisions for Christ. Not only made decisions, but the Yes text enables to start the process of discipleship. When you receive the Yes text... When you text yes to this number, you will, you will receive a prayer and a, and a scripture for 30 days. And the idea of that is to help you on your way. It's to help you to begin to feed the spirit, to begin to feed that man, spirit man. We also have a website, yes at yes.metrochurch.org.au. So it's not just national, it's international now. And it's a great tool. And the first response takes place in your heart. And these tools are great tools to get us on the way of discipleship. Discipleship. Father God, I pray for every person here. I pray for every heart, every family. Lord, I pray for just every single person that walks through these doors, Lord. I pray for your blessing upon their life, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them with might in their inner man, Father. Help us, each of us, myself included, Lord, to grow, to make decisions, to, to grow in you, to minimize, to maximize, to decrease, that you may increase in and through our lives, that you may be the most seen in our lives, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.